Today is a special day in America. Today is 9-11. 21 years ago today, America suffered great loss. A lot of people lost their lives. America changed forever from the America that we once knew. We do not celebrate the destruction today, but we celebrate today that we are Americans and that we have overcome that which has come against us. And we always give God praise for that. Amen. I can't answer for you. I can only talk for me today. And since I've got the microphone, I will. I still believe this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Amen. And I still love the red, white, and blue flag that flies above America. And I still give honor to our great country. And I believe the Lord has blessed us with the very best. Amen. So in remembrance of those who gave their lives at 9-11, 21 years ago, and all of the destruction that came to New York City and other places, I give God praise today that he has kept us through hard times. And I give credence and honor to those who have lost so much. Amen. Anybody here glad to be an American today? Hallelujah. Happy birthday to one of my dear, dear friends. Brother Robert Guess is here today, and it's his birthday. Would you just give him a big hand? Isn't that awesome? One of the prayingest men I know. I sat in his house a week or two ago and talked with him a little while, and I said, Brother Robert, the Lord's keeping you here for a purpose, and if for no other purpose, it's to pray for your pastor because he's a praying man, and God has answered a lot of prayers. He got to telling me about some miracles that had happened during his life. He, he used to walk hand in hand with my father when he was alive. And they've been many places and prayed many prayer, prayers and seen many miracles. And uh, thank you for that. You're a good man and a faithful man. And we love you very much in this church. A prayer warrior, and I can say that honestly. And I'm glad to have Ray and Nancy home today. Amen. Thank you for coming and bringing Dad to church, Ray. That's commendable. Ethan, where you at? Where's Ethan? Ah, happy birthday, Ethan. You can't escape me even in the balcony. Amen. Judy Kirby's not here today, but somebody tell her I said happy birthday. Praise God. Now, I asked them to give me a little more time today because I have some things I want to say to you. And I asked the Lord to help me and to anoint my mind and anoint my lips. Thank you, Brother Hodge for a tremendous message here on Wednesday night about the anointing of God. Amen. Thank you for that. Very, very needful and very timely, and I give praise to God. Let me read a little bit today in Genesis chapter 45. Let me say this to you also. Christy Foster, uh, Josh and Christy, 
just become a wonderful part of our church, wonderful people. Josh had to take her this morning. She was very sick, and I understand taking her to the clinic and getting her seen about. But Christy has a great burden, and uh, she came to me, and we're, we're going to be doing some things for Christmas, and I, I want to announce that when she's here, but I'll give you a little taste right now. We're going to be doing shoe boxes for kids all over the world and uh, sending them throughout this country. She has a connection, and it's $28 for a shoe box that will take care of Christmas for one kid. So be thinking about that because some of us can take several shoe boxes and uh, do what you can to take care of children across our world. It's a lot of hurting people in America and the rest of the world, and I think our church needs to stand tall and honor and give. Amen. The Bible said, freely ye have received, freely give. So if God's given to you, you ought to be willing to give back. Crystal, I see you back there, and I love you, darling. Good to see you and your family. Thank you for being with us. John and Kitty's daughter, we're glad she's here today. I'm going to read today from the 45th chapter of the book of Genesis, and then I want to, I just want to take my time. Is it okay if I just take my time and preach a little bit today? Y'all been taking every service, and I hadn't got to preach, and so I'm loaded up today, and uh, I hope I can convey to you what I really feel. In the, the 19th verse of the 45th chapter of Genesis, the Bible said, Now, Thou art commanded, this do ye. Take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, for your wives, and bring your father and come. Also, regard, regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provision to the way. The 24th verse, I'll skip down, it said, So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. Notice that scripture. Joseph is sending his brothers, and he said, See that ye fall not out, of the, out by the way. So that's, what, that's my subject today, right there. See that ye fall not out by the way. You may be seated. To all of our guests today, thank you for coming. And uh, we're glad you're here. If you're a first-time guest, we do hope that you'll fill out a card and let us know who you are. And uh, that's, that's our way of touching base with you, and we want to do that. There is a book that you can purchase, and you can buy it. You can get it at Books A Million. You can get it at Barnes & Nobles. It's called The Diary of Christopher Columbus, the first voyage to America. It is a very intriguing book, a very interesting account 
of the journey of the ships that carried Christopher Columbus and his courageous crew. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. You remember that from history days. It's his daily diary of the voyage from Spain to what he thought to be the Indies. And the first entry in his journal was made on the day of his departure, which was Friday, August the 3rd of 1492. You remember in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Come on now. All you history buffs ought to remember that. But this is what he said. We departed the third day of August of the year 1492 from the bar of Salties at the eighth hour. We went south. I'll not read every day and every word, but I'm going to read a few of these. We went south with a strong sea breeze, 15 leagues. We sailed southwest and south by west until sunset. On Saturday, August the 4th, he said, We sailed southwest by south. We made between day and night only 19 leagues. On the fifth day, on a Sunday, he said, We went on our way, and between day and night, Pardon me. We made more than 28 leagues. On August the 6th, he said the rudder of the Penta broke. We worked all day repairing the damage. And this day, we only traveled nine leagues. On Tuesday, August the 7th, he said the rudder again. It jumped its fastenings causing us to drift off course. And the men began to quarrel and argue. But then he writes something that he began to write many days following that day. And he said this, on this day, we sailed on. On Wednesday, August the 8th, he said we would have liked to go to Grand Carnia to leave the badly damaged Penta because she leaked badly and had a damaged rudder, but we were not able to reach it that day. On Thursday, the 9th of August, he said, We reached Grand Carnia and fixed the ship in spite of adverse circumstances and repeated problems, but on this day, we sailed on. I'm going to fast forward a little bit into September, all of Friday and on Saturday, he said, until the third hour of the night. We were, we were in very light winds. Not much happened. But on this day, we sailed on. Everybody say this with me. On this day, we sailed on. It became the motto of Christopher Columbus. Sunday, September the 8th, he said, at the third hour of night, the wind commenced to blow from the northeast, and we took our course and the route to the west. We took much water over the bow, which hindered our way, and we made that day and night only nine leagues, but 
On this day, we sailed on. Thursday, September the 12th, that day and night, going on our course, which was west, we made about 33 leagues. On Friday, he said, all day the currents and the wind were against us. But on this day, we sailed on. Saturday, September the 14th. Don't get bored. You're, I'm going somewhere. We sailed that day and night on our route west, and we went only 27 leagues. But on this night, at the beginning of it, we saw an amazing branch of fire fall from the sky into the sea, only about four or five leagues from us, and great fear fell on all our crew. But on this day, we sailed on. On Monday the 16th of September, he said, we sailed on our route west and made day and night somewhat more than 50 leagues that the current, he said, was helping us. But on Friday, he said, that day was just mostly calm, but at evening time, we faced some forceful, contrary wind we made between day and night, no more than seven leagues, some of it on course, but most was not on course. But on this day, we sailed on. And on Wednesday, September the 25th, he said, we thought we saw land, and we spent an entire day sailing toward it, only to discover that it was the sky. But on this day, we sailed on. No matter what the day brought, at the end of practically every day, the quote of Christopher Columbus in his diary was, and on this day, we sailed on. Some days nothing happened. Some days was uneventful. Some days were just mundane. Some days were just boring. And then the same old routine, often and usual. But he kept on saying in his diary, but on this day, we sailed on. In fact, there were many days. The only entry was we just tried to keep the bow of the ship on course. But on this day, we sailed on. I want to tell you something. Some days the crew turned against each other. Some days they were fighting against the first mate and the crew. Some days there was disagreement among the deckhands. There was a lot of fussing and a lot of confusion. And some days, some questioned the legitimacy of the mission, and they doubted the leadership of Columbus. They questioned his decisions, but he just keep plowing on, and he would write at the end of almost every day. But on this day, we sailed on. Some days the sea was calm and peaceful, 
the sky was bright and blue. Some days the storm suddenly arose and they took on water, but he never quit. He said, on this day, we sailed on. Does anybody understand today that it's not always going to be blue skies? It's not always going to be a good day. It's not always going to be spectacular and miraculous, but at some point we have to decide on this day, I am going to sail on. I refuse to quit. Some days they imagined things falling from the sky. Other days he said he thought he saw land and it was just the sky. The sea playing tricks on their mind, but on this day we sailed on. A dream had consumed Christopher Columbus' spirit. Nothing Nothing was going to avert his attention and force him to lose his focus. Nothing was going to make him turn back or distract his determination. But at the end of each day, he summed it all up every day. Uh, on this day, we're going to sail on or we sailed on. It wasn't easy. It never is easy. Dreams are never easy. We suffer setbacks. Yes, we do. But on those days, you got to sail on. There were days that didn't get to where you wanted to go, but on that day, ladies and gentlemen, in the Christian walk, you had to sail on. There were days that you waited water on board, but that's the days you had to sail on. There were days that you got a little off course, but on those days you had to sail on. Our minds at times have played tricks on us, and we thought we saw land when it wasn't land, but I'm here to tell you on those days, uh, you've got to sail on. Hallelujah. Some Something inspirational, internal has to be greater than the circumstances that are external. If you're going to be saved, you got to get a made-up mind. you got to get your feet on the rock. If you're going to find the promised land, you got to sail when it's cloudy. you got to sail when it's bad. you got to sail when the, truth, when the seas are rough. It doesn't matter what the crew says. On this day, we're going to sail on. Hallelujah. Determination has to drive you. Your mission has to motivate you. Your dream has to be inside and drive you often. And the prophecies have to push you. And the purpose has to prompt you. There will be setbacks and there will be stumbling blocks and there will be hindrances and there will be hurts and there will be delays and there will be distractions. But just be sure of this. At the end of the day, if you keep sailing, there's a great reward coming because God God honors those who say on this day we sailed on. I'm going to tell you something. I've been there. I've been there. And if you've lived for God very long, you've been there. When you had to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and say, get up this morning. We're going to sail on. The sky's dark and cloudy and the storms are coming up. We're going to sail on. Christopher Columbus said, no matter what came, no matter what happened, we sailed on. I want it to be said when it's all said and done, the preacher of this church sailed on. It didn't matter who quit. It didn't matter who didn't show up. It didn't matter who got mad. It didn't matter who, who did this. 
this or done that. It doesn't matter what the day looked like. He sailed on. I'm challenging you on this Sunday morning to sail on no matter what comes your way. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now I said all of that to take you to my text because in our text we're talking about Joseph who was the youngest of 12 boys, the beloved of his father Jacob. Joseph, he was a man, a young man with dreams and his dreams got him in trouble with his brother. He was had dreams with destiny and he had faith for the future. And when he told his brother what his brothers what he had dreamed, they took him and instead of killing him, they put him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. Let me tell you about Joseph. He went from the pit to Potiphar's house to a prison to a palace. That's the story of Joseph. But his dreams, they don't look. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me right now. Your dreams don't come true without difficulties. If you think living for God is a rose garden, you're wrong. There's some thorns on those bushes. Amen. The world's full of dream killers. There will always be people in your life who cannot visualize your vision, who try to destroy your dreams. There will always be people that can't fathom your faith, nor can they appreciate the aspiration that you have for the things of God. Let me just let me just share my heart with you for the next little while. I've spent I've spent several days giving this thought several weeks as a matter of fact his brothers despised him Joseph his brothers dumped him in a pit and then he was sold into slavery and he went to Potiphar's house Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and when he wouldn't succumb she lied on him she had him thrown in a prison and in a prison God still was sending dreams and God sent favor to Joseph so he went from the prison to the palace and became the governor. I can see it now. I can see it now. I tried to visualize it in my mind. Could I just preach what I feel? Sitting in the pit, trying to process the predicament that he was in, trying to make sense of why he was in this situation. He might have took a stick and rode in the bottom of the pit. On this day, I will sail on. Maybe when he got to Potiphar's house and she had him thrown in a prison, perhaps at the end of every day in that hell hole of a prison, he'd take an old piece of coal from the burn barrel and write on the prison wall, on this day I sailed on. You know what? He refused to quit. Somebody needs to refuse to quit. Somebody needs to say, you ain't getting me, devil. Somebody needs to say, it doesn't matter if I'm in a pit or a prison. I am going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know, but here's what I do know. 
the pieces of the prophecy started to come together and the dreams all started to come to fruition. And he came, he went from being a criminal to a commander. God's got a way of doing that. He, he, he becomes the governor of Egypt. He's second in command only to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back in Canaan, his homeland, starvation was setting in, and there was a famine in the land, and his family was being hit. You know the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Joseph's brothers are sent by Daddy Jacob down into Egypt because he hears there's food down there, and they don't know that Joseph is in charge of the food. So the first time he, they come, Joe, he recognizes them. He has to go into another room and weep. He hides his face from them. And suddenly this high-ranking official of Egypt was nothing more than a broken boy. So they came before him the second time. And this time the Bible said he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard him. And Joseph said to his brothers, he said, I'm Joseph. And he couldn't resist. He said suddenly, does my father live? In other words, he just said to them, is daddy dead? What about my daddy? Is he dead or is he still alive? And his brethren could not answer him for they were troubled at his presence. But he said to his brother, come near, I pray you. And they came near and this is what he said, I am Joseph, your brother whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Joseph presented his brethren with gifts. He tossed in some clothes. He loaded down wagons with food. He gave them the best of everything. And he said, I want you to do me a favor. Deliver this to my father. Take it to my dad. I want you to go. But then when he, when he sent them away, I read that story to you in, in Genesis 45. He sent his brothers away. And when they departed, he said unto them, See! that ye fall not out by the way. Here's what I want to preach to you for just a few minutes today. This is why I wanted the service a little early. He didn't say, be careful with those gifts. He didn't say, take care of those clothes I gave you. He didn't say, don't waste the food, boys, on the way home. He didn't say, go easy on the wagons on the trip. He didn't say, don't push the mules too hard. You know what? The only thing he said to them was, be sure that you fall not out by the way. Why? Because you're going to my father's house. You're going to get my dad. You're going to where I belong. You're going where I want to go. Be sure that you don't fall out by the way. Hallelujah. Don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged. Don't be diverted. Don't be detoured. Be sure that you fall not out by the way. You have to get to the Father's house. You have to get there however you can.
Let me tell you something about Joseph. Explaining the past wasn't real important. Getting answers for their action, it wasn't imperative to Joseph. To inform them of his feelings was not what was fundamentally right for him. To bear his burden was not worth the bother. You know what he wanted? He wanted to get to the father's house. Just be sure you don't fall out by the way. I'm preaching to somebody today. Let me tell you, there's been days that have been traumatic in your life. There have been times that you didn't know if you was going to make another day. The storms have risen in your life and the waves have lapped over the side of your boat. You felt like you were sinking in a sea. But if you would just get the dream of Christopher Columbus and say, but on this day we sailed on. Or if you could be a Joseph of the scripture and say, be sure you don't fall out by the way. Be sure that you don't give up. Be sure that you don't give in because ladies and gentlemen there is a place that you will get to that if you don't have a dream and a determination that you will not survive. Oh you think it was you think it was easy going home? I mean come on now. I got to use in my imagination they were brothers. If you ever had a brother, you know brothers fight. They argue. I mean, it might have been like this. Well, who's the leader of this group? Bring it to modern times and say, well, my GPS said we need to turn right here. Huh? Or I told you not to listen to him. Or if you get modern day, it's why am we going to Waffle House? I wanted to go to Wendy's. Brothers fight. Brothers disagree. And Joseph didn't care about one bit of that. He said, I know you're brothers, but be sure that you fall not out, by the way. I'm sure they encountered trouble, sandstorms. I'm sure they, they found it days too hot to travel. I'm sure the old mules were, were give out, but it kept ringing in their ears what their brother said. Be sure that you fall not out, by the way. They encountered resistance, perhaps, robbers, raids, bad people. But the mission was, we got to get to the Father's house. You see, here's, here's the deal. And I, I, now I've laid the groundwork for where I really want to preach for about the next 15 minutes. And that is this. There's too many quitters in our day. There's too many folks that give up so easy. You, if you're a quitter, you will never win because winners never quit and quitters never win. Amen? If you want to please God... You got to get up every morning. I tell you what David said. He encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm having a bad day. So what? Get up and move on. Hallelujah. Have you looked at the clouds, Christopher Columbus? Yeah, I see them. But on this day, we sailed on. We didn't make as many leagues today as we did yesterday. And we ran into some turbulence. But on this day, we sailed on. Let me tell you about living for God. You're going to get up some days you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like saying anything. You don't feel like reading the Bible. 
Bible. You don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like, but let me tell you, on this day, you better sell on because the only way you're going to get to your destination. You know why we have America? Because Mr. Columbus, by mistake, discovered America. It's a dream that came to fruition. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, could I preach to you on this Sunday morning that you don't need to fall out by the way. You need to follow your dream and you need to sail whether it's good or bad until you arrive at your destination. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. You believe what I'm preaching today. On this day, sail on and don't fall out by the way. Regard, verse 20, regard not your stuff. Everybody say stuff. We all got stuff. We got stuff in our life. Well, she don't like me. Well, he don't like me. Well, they said this about me. Stuff. You know what Joseph said? paying attention to you for your stuff for all the good of the land of Egypt is yours in other words don't let all your stuff slow you down don't let the stuff get to you I could preach an hour on stuff today stuff stuff that don't matter stuff that the devil will make you think it matters stuff that people put in your life stuff that you have to deal with every day Stuff. There's so much stuff. Come on, somebody. There's stuff. Stuff in every one of our lives. Things that shouldn't be there. Things that get us distracted. I preached here on a Wednesday night, which about half of you come to. I preached here on a Wednesday night about the distractions in your life and eliminating the distractions in your life and getting the stuff out of your life. If there's anything, wait, you know what the Bible said? You've got to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. There's some things that are just stuff. You can't regard the stuff. you got to do away with the stuff. If I paid attention to all the stuff in my life, I'd never live for God. There's some folks that acquit over what somebody says about them. There's some folks that get mad won't come to church because they get offended so easily. You need to get rid of some stuff in your life and be sure that you fall not out by the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 21, he said, take the wagons it's for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Go get my dad and bring him here because I want to be with the father. And they traveled until they came to daddy's house. And verse 27 said, they told dad all the words of Joseph which he said unto them and when daddy saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived because he knew his son was alive. He said, is it not enough? Or it is enough, excuse me. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go him see him before I die. So the spirit is saying to the church in this hour,
Put down your stuff. Don't lose your dream. Don't quit marching. Paul said to Timothy, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You're going to get there. You're going to be there. But be sure that you fall not out by the way. Paul said in Romans, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, nay, he said, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Be sure, church, be sure, Christian life, be sure, child of God, that you fall not out by the way. You can't let tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. You can't let anything detour you. Ladies and gentlemen, the final destination is called heaven. It's not here. Well, I made it to church Sunday. This is not the final destination. This is a stopping point. And if you're not set on the final destination, you probably won't get there. But I have set my affection on things above. I have set my affection on things above. I have decided. Oh, Brother J. Roy Wiedner, my dad's pastor, my uncle, many years ago preached in the church that I pastored then. And he stood up at the end of the sermon. He told Brother Hodge about people when he was just a young pastor. He called people and tried to get help to paint the church. And nobody showed up. And he was up on a scaffold painting the church when a guy in the church, one of his members, rode by and had his boat behind him and honked the horn. And he waved at him on his way fishing. And Brother Wiedner's up there painting the church. But he said, you know what? Painting the church was more important to me than fishing. Painting the church was more important to me than where that man was going. And he began to sing an old song at the end of his sermon. My wife will remember this. He was old at the time and he died just a few years later. But he said, I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to detour me. Nothing's going to get me off course. Nothing's going to make me quit. Nothing's going to turn me back. Let me tell you something. We all go through things in our life. If you think preachers are exempt, you are exactly crazy. If you think preachers don't go through it, that I can just get up here and the devil never attacks me and there's never a trial and there's never a day that I couldn't say, hey, take it all, I throw it in the towel. You, you, you don't know what you're talking about. But let me tell you, every person that I know of goes through the trial. You go through the storm. You go through the mind things. The devil deals with your mind and tries to convince you. I prayed this morning very early. I got to this church at a quarter to five this morning and I was praying early and I said to the Lord, Lord, you got to touch my mind. You got to, because the mind right here between your ears, you win 90% of the battle. When you say it right here and you get it, I'm going to serve God. I don't care what mama does, what daddy does, what anybody else says or does. I am going to serve the Lord. You can take the criticism. You can lose your friends. You can lose your family. But at the end of the day, if you'll just keep saying, and on this day, I sailed on. 
And I am determined to not fall out by the way. You with me? Living for God is not for sissies. Just being honest. I've been to church when Wednesday night was just mundane. I've been to services where Sunday was just ordinary. I've seen Sunday school teachers get in an argument and almost fight. Y'all don't look at me like that. I've seen people get mad at one another. I've seen people get mad because the AC was out in the auditorium. I've watched the baptistry flood the sanctuary. I've been here when the toilets overflowed, ran out into the halls. But on this day, I sailed. I ain't quit. You ain't big enough to make me quit. You can't make me quit. You know why the Lord said no man can pluck you out of my hand? Because that's exactly what he meant. No man can pluck you out of his hand. Nobody can stop you from living for God. Nobody. On this day, I refuse to fall out by the way. I preach bad sermons. I've been in some waterless Wednesdays. I've been where my praise was pitiful. My singing was sad. And I've even made some saints mad. But at the end of the service, I went home in my spiritual diary. I didn't write it down. But I have determined on this day, I sailed on. What about you? Where's your heart at? Where's your dream at? Where's God at in your life? I, I prayed and thought God didn't hear me. I've been to places that I felt like God forsook me. I've been there when nobody gave me a word of encouragement. I've been there when there was not one call of concern. So have you. I was telling somebody the other day I was praying many years ago now. I was praying in the prayer room of the church, Sandy Lake. I was going through a great trial in my life. And I just said to the Lord that day, Lord, I'm so discouraged. I need help today. I need a word from you today. And while I was praying, my phone, a phone that sat over there on the kitchen cabinet were joined the prayer room, started ringing in the middle of the day. I went over and picked it up, and it was a minister from another city. He called me by my first name. He knew me well. He said, Danny. I said, yeah. He said, are you okay? Said, Why do you ask? He said, because I was praying, and God told me to call you. See if he was okay. I can't tell you how many times those things have happened to me. But there have been times when I prayed and it felt like it hit the ceiling and came right back down. There have been times that I thought, God, where are you? Why am I here? How am I going to make it? But I'm told by the Apostle Paul, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress 
intensely. Persecution or famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. For as thy sake, for thy for thy sake, and is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then he says, We're more than conquerors. But he didn't stop there. And I want to end my little message to you today like this. Well, Paul said, I am persuaded. Somebody say that with me. I am persuaded. If you'll get this right here, you'll be able to endure. He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing can stop me if my dream is in my heart and I have a made-up mind. I refuse to quit. And on this day, I will sail on. I'm preaching to somebody in this room today that struggled. I'm preaching to somebody in this room today that's struggling right now. And you thought, Lord, why am I where I'm at? How did I get here? But I want to tell you, on your way to the Father's house, be sure that you fall out, not by the way. Don't quit. Don't stop. Because there's an answer, and there's a God. All over this house, there's people right now that are hearing my voice. I know I preach longer than I normally preach, and I meant to. But the facts are, you can't quit. You can't throw in the towel. You can't stop. If you quit, you're the loser. If you quit, your destination is gone. But if you will just, no matter what it takes, neither height nor depth nor any other creature is going to separate you from the love of God. Stand all over this house with me today. You're on your way to the Father's house. Be sure that you fall not out by the way. Holy Ghost, I pray right now, Lord, that in this room people will grasp the things that I've talked about here this morning and understand the sincerity of the Word of God and the things that you have given us to stand upon. I wonder, I wonder, Lord, if you could just reach down today and mend our broken heart and fix our confused mind. I believe you can, and I'm praying that you will. Lord, I've preached to this congregation. I've preached to somebody in this room today. They tried to sail on, but, Lord, they're stumbling now. But my word to them is from your word today. Just don't fall out by the way because the Father's house is very near. Jesus, would you touch us right now? Would you let somebody in this room be moved by the Spirit of God? Would you let somebody find the renewed determination to serve you and to serve you with all their heart? Would you let conviction come to our mind and to our spirit today? Lord, if we have not done well, let us move into that realm of the Holy Ghost 
where we can do well and we can please you. Do it today, Lord. Do it today. Do it in me. Do it in this church. Do it in every person that sits under the sound of my voice today. Do it as only you can, Lord. You are the encourager. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of yesterday and today and tomorrow. You are our God and we trust you today. We will not quit no matter what. In Jesus' name. Every head in this room bowed today while we're standing in the presence of Jesus. Who have I preached to today that needs a new determination and a new grip? I, I preach to the church today. I understand that. But there's something here for everybody in this room today. You may have been beaten down so bad. The enemy may have you on the ground in a chokehold. You may say, how in the world am I going to get out of this? I preach it to you. Just say hello and don't give up. Say hello. Say hello. Say hello. Who else? Who else is coming here today right now? You'll step out quickly to the front of this church and meet me here at the front of this church and say, I need for God to give me that new determination, that great zeal, that great anointing. Come on, quickly quickly. You may have served God 50 years. You may have served God 20 days. But it doesn't matter if the devil's been on your trail. Step out and walk down here. And just say, I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm not going to give up, Lord. I'm not going to give up. Even in my darkest moment, this will be the truth I'm holding.